Welcome back, everyone, to the Madness and Grace podcast. Today, it is your usual hosts, me and Matt. No guests today, so Matt and I are just going to kind of go back and forth on the topic of religious trauma, which I know is a touchy subject. And a lot of times I pick what we want to talk about based off of, you know, my own personal experience, people in my life who have struggled with different things related to mental health and religious trauma, unfortunately, is something that is prevalent and happens and it can really turn people away from, you know, the church and faith. I think there's a lot of guilt and shame that comes with religious trauma. You know, it's less you know, likely, but a lot of times there can be abuse, manipulation, um, or just kind of ostracism from a religious community. And then after all of that, you're kind of just, well, I don't even want to be a part of a church anymore. I don't want to be a part of a religious group. If you listen to the podcast, Matt and I talk all the time about how beneficial it can be to be a part of a church and be a part of a community. So we just wanted to talk about this today. And sorry, Matt, I kind of steamrolled over, but how are you doing today? I'm doing well. No, I, I like that introduction. I like the topic. It's a, unfortunately a, a topic that we run into quite often in the Hope and Healing Center. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, a lot of things could be defined as trauma. I kind of see kind of three three main uh, areas that, that at least I run into uh, quite a bit. Uh, one would be uh, where a uh, religious leader uh, in a church has has literally abused someone. They have sexually yeah. assaulted them or, or taken advantage of them in a, in a physical way uh, like that. So you, you, we see and hear about that quite a bit. And obviously, that uh, could be put into the context of religious trauma. Uh, and then we have in, the, in, in, in another area, we could say, uh, a faith community focusing on some aspect of an individual, like say, for instance, that they have a mental illness or their family member has a mental illness or, or whatever that might be. And then, uh, you know, as you said, ostracizing them, uh, you know, kind of shaming them, you know, pushing them out. Uh, I'll give an example in a minute of a, of a family that I dealt with uh, that had that issue. And then I think the the last one that I run into quite a bit is where a faith leader or a faith community kind of uses God or the characteristics of how they see God as kind of a, a hammer to kind of manipulate or control people. Uh, and they've they kind of taught people that God is kind of this angry, punitive, you know, you better follow a certain set of rules. And if you don't, God won't love you. Uh, and we won't love you. We won't have anything to do with you. So they kind of use a religion as kind of a, as a weapon. Um, mm -hmm. I think the, the overarching thing we need to understand, or someone needs to understand when they talk about religious trauma is that, you know, a lot of these things can just happen in the general public as well. But when you're talking about a faith community, uh, whether we like it or not, whether we agree with it or not, uh, a faith community and the leaders of that faith community represent God to people. And so when when they traumatize you, when they abuse you, when they hurt you, there's a there's a, a deeper kind of psychological context to it than just an individual. It's hard enough to to process and deal with an individual human harming you or abusing you or traumatizing you. Uh, but when you put it in the context of, in some sense, maybe God did this or allowed this or was involved in this, uh, you know, then it has a, it goes to a level where it's, it's very difficult for the person to even conceptualize or process. Matt, have you witnessed any specific examples of religious trauma? Um, obviously you don't have to give names or who they are in your life, but 
you know, just something that you've seen that maybe people listening can relate to? Yeah. I mean, you know, I think the one that, that really stands out to me is a lot of times one that people make they really think I'm making up because it's so horrific. But, uh, you know, I was doing a training uh, for pastors. I was training a whole set of pastors from a whole lot of different churches uh, on mental health uh, awareness. And during the question and answer, uh, there was a, a female pastor there, and she uh, asked me how she could best minister to a brand new family that just had started at her church because they had been hurt so much by a um, the previous church they were at. Their child was about eight years old and had some some pretty significant you know mental health behavioral uh, disorder uh, that caused them to act out, and so the child you know acted out in the Sunday school. Uh, and so at some point, the child threw a toy and it hit another child and cut the child on the forehead. Mm. Um, and so what the church decided to do was the church got a restraining order against the family uh, to keep them from being able to come to the church. Wow. Uh, and um, and so obviously they left, you know, in disgrace and shamed and and now they happily went to another church, but they were very hurt by that. And so, you know, that's a, you know, that there's all kind of horrible stuff going on there. I mean, I know lots of people with mental health problems that have been told by churches that they, you know, their mental health problem is a, a sin and they just need to pray it pray more and that, you know, mm-hmm. they're just a bad person. Or, and I've also seen, I've also known women that were, you know, sexually assaulted by pastors and things like that in counseling sessions or taken advantage of. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's a broad thing. I think really, you know, any type of trauma that ex- mm-hmm. is experienced just in the, in the general population can be experienced, obviously, in a faith community context. But I think getting back to what I said before, it's really, it now has religious context to it where God is somehow involved. You know, we've done, you know, I've done a lot of research around it. So of others looking at people's God image and, mm-hmm. um, you know, how they view God, what do they think God is like? And then looking at that in relationship to their their mental health outcomes. And, you know, when people are taught that, that God is engaged in their life, that's the most important dimension is engagement, that God is engaged in their life, whether he's, uh, you know, more authoritarian and, and somewhat judgmental or more benevolent. Uh, it doesn't really matter if he's engaged, then that's very positive, mentally healthy for the individual. But when they're mm-hmm. taught that God is disengaged, not engaged in their life, uh, mm-hmm. particularly if God is not engaged and very judgmental, so that he doesn't care enough to be involved in your life, but he judges you all the time, uh, those really have very poor mental health outcomes. Uh, so you can imagine, uh, you know, if congregations being taught that kind of, you know, God is really kind of just this punitive monster who just judges you all the time, but he doesn't really involved in your daily life. And then you throw into the context of that shaming and manipulation, and it can be tremendously damaging uh, for an individual. And I don't think, you know, me personally, I don't think that's really the God of the Bible. I don't think that's who Jesus is. I think that, you know, God is engaged in your life. God cares for you. Certainly God has um, rules and guidelines for living uh, mm-hmm. and and for being, you know, in, in relationship with him. But, um, you know, those are all for our benefit, not for our, you know, kind of destruction in some sense. So I, a lot of times I think, you know, what, what happens is, you know, people get in the way here and you know, a pastor, uh, a ministry leader, uh, a lay leader in a church, they a lot of times have a lot of power. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, 
power can be a very dangerous thing in the hands of a human. Yeah. Well, I think the most important thing that you said, you know, that's not who Jesus is. That's not who God is. It's hard to separate the two. So, you know, say someone is like, okay, God, I'm going to go to church and I'm going to, you know, make my life right. And then something really traumatic happens to them. Like you just mentioned, you know, a person of power abuses them. It's kind of, they had this trust in God and now they don't. Um, When at the end of the day, it's the people who hurt you. It's not God who was smiting right. down on you. Um, and, and so it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to just separate the two, I think. Very hard to separate, Um, you know, particularly if, you know, you think, well, this person is you know, this person is a representative of God, you know, they're, they're, yeah. it, it, it becomes very difficult to, um, you know, and you've seen, you've seen pastor, you know, very prominent pastors or clergy, you know, kind of have a fall where they cheating on their wives or involved in some yeah. kind of sexual assault or harassment of women. And, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it, 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 you know, even they sometimes uh, find it difficult to separate themselves from God in the sense that they feel almost like they're they they they're allowed to do these things that they yeah you know, they, they have, have the some, right yeah they have some special level of you know of spirituality or holiness so it's a it's a difficult thing I had you know unfortunately it happens quite a bit I mean the you know it, as far as clergy members uh, assaulting uh, or manipulating women to be involved in uh, sexual relationships with them or, or assaulting children uh, you know probably the best person that writes around that is Diane Langberg. You know, she's a fantastic uh, psychologist, a world-renowned psychologist that writes about uh, abuse and, and trauma in the church, mm-hmm. uh, all from a faith perspective. She has some incredible books if you're looking for uh, something like that. I think, you know, it's important that people realize, and again, I think people know this to some extent, but they lo- it gets lost in the, in the noise. And, you know, if anybody is, is more focused on your performance than they mm-hmm. are on caring for you and and your your kind of kind of heart or emotional relationship connection to God. Uh, they're more and, and they're linking your their, your relationship to them and your relationship to God to performance. I think that's when a lot of times we start to get into these these areas. So like with that example I gave you with the child, I mean, I could think of a hundred things that would have been a better approach to trying to care for this very distressed family with this this child who has this mental health problem to where mm-hmm. we could demonstrate the love of God uh, to this family and really draw them in more closely to their faith as opposed to literally putting them out for yeah. for something that isn't their fault, something that isn't the child's fault. Right. Uh, and so, you know, it's, uh, it's really amazing to uh, imagine that in these contexts, we can do such ridiculous things. And so, you know, I, I see the a faith community as a place that should be opened and, and receptive to all. I mean, that it isn't, you know, that doesn't mean you can be in church leadership necessarily. There's certainly criteria right. for that. That doesn't mean, you know, that, that doesn't mean that you're in, you're necessarily following all the teachings of the church that, I mean, everybody comes to the church at a different place in their journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, if the church isn't, if you just look at the New Testament church, I mean, there's all kinds of people coming out of paganism and all types of things there and they're struggling. And when we try to make it a very kind of sterilized, exclusive club, I think mm-hmm. that's when we get, we set ourselves up for these kind of traumatizing things. I think another thing is, and I, we've seen this more recently, I don't know if, if you've seen any of this, but when we have these kind of almost a cult of personality kind of thing where you have a pastor who is, is tremendously powerful, 
yeah. and and almost a celebrity, if if not a celebrity. They, I think, again, we've set ourselves up for for trauma. And you know, we're not here to to get on any one particular person. Everybody sure. makes mistakes. I make mistakes. You make mistakes. Yeah. So, the, but the thing is, is I mean, I think there are things that we can do to make sure that these things don't happen. And you know, I think first and foremost, I mean, what is the foundation of our faith? And, and as Christians, the foundation of our faith is the person of Jesus Christ. And and who how who was Jesus? Who how you know what, what was Jesus's character like? What was Jesus's expectation of his followers? Uh, mm-hmm. What was Jesus's? What was he trying to teach us about who God was and, and and what his expectations and wants for our lives were? I mean, I think that's where we begin. But you know, it it gets kind of in, insane sometimes when you see what happens. I think the other thing to, to on the other part of this conversation is what happens if you have been traumatized. Yeah. Um, I think you know it's not as easy, honestly, and it's really I, you know I don't really have a great answer to that. The you know it's it's not as easy as just going and finding yourself a good trauma therapist and sitting down because right. the, the reality is, is you have to, you're going to have to have a conversation about your faith mm-hmm. in the context of this trauma. And yeah. unfortunately, most therapists are not going to be equipped to have that conversation with you. You know, that kind of leads into my next question. You know, obviously religious trauma, it's probably like any other trauma um, when seeking, you know, healing and recovering. But how can someone who has been hurt by the church or a faith community or someone in power, how can they heal from the trauma while also wanting to keep their faith and they still want to be a part of a community, but they're just scared or, you know, they've been so hurt that it's just hard to navigate finding a new community to be a part of. So are there any tips you would give someone who may be looking to, you know, start fresh somewhere, but they just don't know how? Yeah. You know, I think on the, you know, on the personal level, I would say you, you have to keep reminding you. I mean, even though you know, this doesn't make the trauma go away and it doesn't mm-hmm. make it hurt any less, but th- this is this has to be the foundation from which you begin to kind of recover. And that you have to keep reminding yourself that whoever it was that hurt you in the church or whatever church it was that hurt you, they are not, that is not God, yeah. uh, you know, and so, and their, their view of God, their position on God, their teaching on God may be completely contrary to what God really is like. And so I think you have to remind yourself that, that I've been hurt and I've been hurt in a religious context, but mm-hmm. But that was not God. That was a person that did that. I think secondly, I think the easiest way to begin that process of moving back and and and, and healing is to connect with with trusting, you know, believing friends. So find yourself a friend or two that that is a person of faith that you trust, that you respect, and that's the that's the the person that you just begin having conversations with about how you've been hurt and 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 asking the questions and just, you're just having, you're just looking for someone that can listen, but that, you know, is a, is a person that has a, a, you know, a similar faith as yours. And then I think you have to look for a, uh, you have to look for a therapist that uh, is comfortable having the conversation about faith. Uh, I I mean, we'll tell you this, if you, you know, a lot of times, as you mentioned at the beginning, if people are um, hurt within a religious context, they're hurt by a church or a pastor, whoever, a lot of times they'll leave the faith. And whether you've left the faith or not, it's going to be absolutely necessary for you to talk about faith in the context of your recovery, um, or you're not going to be able to move forward. And so you're going to have to find a therapist that 
that can have those conversations with you. And then once you begin to do that, then you have to remind yourself again, it wasn't God that did that, and that there are churches out there, there are faith communities out there that are loving and accepting and will be wonderful places for you to be. And and you have to just kind of very carefully uh, begin uh, to look around for them. I mean, I think it's important to remind ourselves that, you know, what Jesus said that the way people outside the the faith would know us is how we love one another. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that is something that we have forgotten uh, you know, and you know, we are uh, churches are you know they're not communities anymore, and uh, you know a lot of times people don't even live near the church they go to; they live far away. So the only time they ever see the people on Sunday morning is on Sunday morning, and so right. uh, so you know it's hard to love somebody you never see. Yeah. And uh, so I think that's what you're looking for. You're looking for a church that is feels. Uh, accepting, a church that feels loving, a church that feels supportive, and a church that is more interested in your relationship with God on a spiritual level than they are on your performance. You know, you mentioned a a step would be, you know, finding someone to talk to. And also you have to dive into your faith, whether you've left the faith or not. Obviously, that's not an easy thing to do to just find a therapist, you know, um, but, you know, here at HHCI, our biggest resource that we talk about a lot is the hope line, um, where you can get referred out to places of support that kind of match your financial capabilities, all of that stuff. So of course I'm going to leave all of that in our show notes. And I think, you know, a support line like that, I mean, you bring that up. That's, I think that's a great, maybe a first step. If you don't Mm -hmm. feel comfortable talking to a friend, you know, maybe the friends that you have are at the church, you know, and you're worried about that. Well, you know, call a support line like the Hope Line. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you can call the Hope Line and be anonymous if you want to, and you yeah. can call back. Yeah. Uh, call so, um, you know, that that might give you some, you know, protection for yourself to be able to have some conversations with somebody that's mm-hmm. just there to listen as you begin to kind of talk through some of this stuff for yourself. But yeah. I think the important thing to realize is that there absolutely is recovery. There absolutely is is a way back to, to wholeness. There's a way back to a stronger and deeper faith. You don't have to allow this to completely destroy your faith. Wherever you were, whoever this was, whatever organization this was, that was not a healthy place. And, and you're just unfortunately a, a casualty of that. But, but there is a, a way back. There is a way back. Definitely. Well, thank you, Matt. And like I mentioned earlier, I'm going to leave all of our resources in the show notes. And I also wanted to mention that here at HHCI, we do a lot of educational programs. And one that kind of pertains to the topic we're talking about, we're going to have a program in February from Dr. Robin Gearing, who's going to be talking about religion and suicide. And then also our own Maddie Styers is going to have a program about understanding interpersonal violence and spirituality in women in April. So I'm going to leave the links to all of that in our show notes. And then we're also going to have Maddie on our podcast coming up soon, which I'm really excited about. So thank you so much, Matt. And thank you all for listening.